Welcome to today's webinar on the six stages of IT leadership development from individual contributor to CIO. Uh, my name is Eric Bloom. I'm the executive director and the founder of the IT Management and Leadership Institute with a governing body for two certifications in IT management, the IT MLP and IT MLE that I have one slide on I'll be talking about at the end. So from here for the next 44 minutes or so will be just 100% content related to the topic at hand. There are two key questions that are often asked related to the IT leadership process. The first of which is asked by senior existing IT senior leaders. And that question is this, is how do you identify, nurture, and train top IT leadership talent in a technically accelerating and business changing environment. And boy, if there's any time that uh, business has been accelerating and things have been changing, it's certainly been within the last couple of years. The next question, <clears throat> excuse me, has been asked by those who are trying to find their way up toward senior management roles. The question that they're asking is what steps, knowledge, skills, experience, and capabilities are needed for them to become future IT leaders. So if you think about it, for those of you in the roles that you're in or whatnot, from sort of either end, you know, think of this from both of those perspectives as it relates to you. So my answer to this, so let me say our answer to this, really comes in this diagram and the research that we've gone about it. And by the way, anyone who would like to add to our research, I'll explain exactly how to get it at the end. It's simple. Just go to our website. And you'll see a link that says research. Click on it. It's free. We'd love to get your thoughts related to the things we'll be speaking about here regarding these six levels. So let me begin by talking at talking about the six steps, the management track that's shown on the right-hand side of this diagram. This, in fact, is what we'll be talking through and what our research or survey is based on also, is you start with an individual contributor and tech leader. Is there, as you'll see, you lead through technical strength. Levels three and four is an IT manager and then a director or VP. I like to refer to that as manager of managers. Is their leader, you're beginning to lead through management skill, not just your technical ability. And then as you move up to be the head of, for example, the uh, uh, the PMO of AppDev, of operations, of security, or whatever it is, or being a divisional CIO, or truly, you know, your own gig running the, uh, being CIO for the organization, there you're leading through experience and interestingly, business savvy. Notice there's nothing specifically technical about that top role. But I'd be remiss if I didn't speak, and now I'm talking to the left-hand side of the diagram. For those who truly want to be, uh, stay technical, and we think in your mind's eye, we all know technologists like this, that they're really at least as important as the managers, directors, or VPs within the company. They're the ones in the, working in the data center as enterprise architects, where they say, you know, know where all the issues are within it. Those who are the, you know, the senior cloud strategists, you know, et cetera. These people who want to stay technical, they just don't want staff reporting to them. So we won't be talking about them today, but that's moving toward uh, a fellowship track. In fact, anybody interested in that, that's what last month's webinar was on. And uh, also, if you go to iwriteforcio.com, uh, uh, recently wrote something on that. If you just Google Eric Bloom, uh, Eric Bloom, CIO.com, you'll get it. If you go and look for Eric Blooms, and uh, there's multiple of us up there. One of them looks like this really cool rock star. I'm not him, I'm the other guy. Um, but anyway, is now let's move forward on this management track, these levels one through six. There we go. Level one, um, individual contributor. This could be someone new to the profession, maybe right out of college, uh, has just taken a program, of, a program or a course, I should say, of some sort, teaching, uh, teaching them programming, et cetera. Or it could be someone who's been in, uh, been in an IT role for years, you know, highly experienced, uh, highly knowledgeable, et cetera. But to the third bullet point here, you know, they're doing it basically working for, by themselves or as part of a team, but not in a leadership role. In fact, many of these people may move into a management role in time or may decide to go that fellowship track eventually as their career moves forward. 
The primary challenges for people at this level is to learn the IT profession. You know, in fact, if they're new to it, you know, enhance their technical skills. And most important these days is staying current on leading technologies. And then ultimately, why do they want to do all these things? To be able to get the assignments that are really interesting to them, that expand their technical skill, maybe move them toward management positions, maybe not. Again, depending on their uh, specific work direction. Now, the growth that's needed. Now, when we talk about growth here, again, it'll be specifically through these six levels, assuming here in today's webinar, the management track. So to get the, uh, the, uh, the growth that's needed to get from an individual contributor up to level two, as we're calling it here, uh, is enhancing your technical skill in your primary technology. In other words, if you're a great Java developer or a great database administrator, a tester, uh, whatever it might be, great in the help desk or so on, is what you're continuing to do is just gain your technical skill, grow your technical ability, not only how to do it, but understanding how it works within an IT and a business context. Um, next, enhance your knowledge in technologies that interface with your primary technology. As some of you may know, those who know me, uh, is, is that I started as a programmer, uh, programming and pick a programming language early in my career. I probably did it. But the, what I found was, is all the programs that I were writing, where was the data going? It was going into databases. So as a result, what I did to expand my primary knowledge beyond programming was I learned database administration, database design. In fact, at one point, I was a uh, DBA, database administrator. Um, it's sort of as part of my career growth. But why did I first learn that? Because everything I was doing as a programmer was going in the database to enhance my skill, my ability to program, and to grow my technical um, knowledge in general as I expanded that way. Uh, for example, if you're working in Datacom, there are certain technologies, as you know, that interface specifically with the Datacom, for example, data storage, et cetera. Wherever you are, think of those areas to expand to. But also here is you're going to be de developing rudimentary leadership skills. Just as you'll see what I mean by that when we get to, uh, to level two. But the thing is, at level one, the big question is, is how can you tell a high potentials? Now, I'm going to be talking both from the individual contributor perspective. These are things that you should try to move forward. I'm sure most of them are already in your uh, in who you are as a person. But to see when senior leaders are looking for, gee, who are those high potential future leaders? Our research has shown as well, that being both statistical as well as anecdotal over time is that they have these specific types of attributes. First of which, they're trusted, uh, or respected, rather. And by respected, you know, they're people, uh, the attributes that come under that is they're confident, they're seen as trustworthy, humble and willing to learn from other people. They're op um, optimistic, and that, yes, we can get this to work. And they're open-minded, which comes a little bit with being humble. But the idea is, is that they're willing to learn new things, get opinions from others, you know, both get the help as well as uh, experience and suggestions and so on, and be willing to move their track you know, from this technology to that technology, this methodology to that methodology, where it makes sense from an IT and a business perspective. Next is they're trusted, um, is that uh, they're enthusiastic, they're loyal, they're transparent as opposed to why decisions are made, and they're, and they're, um, they're, uh, they're authentic. In other words, they're not trying to make believe who they are, is, you know, you work with someone 40, 50, sometimes 60 hours a week, you really can't hide who you are. So you might as well just come out and this is me. This is who I am, so to speak. The next is admired. What admired is, is this is someone who can be calm, you know, during, uh, contra uh, during controversy. Uh, it's someone like, oh, my God, the main database failed. What can we do? Not, oh, my God, how do we handle it? They're, you know what? We built that database. We can bring it back up. These are people that can be calm during adversity and during those times, you know, 90% of the job that we do, whatever our job is, is sort of the same old, same old kind of stuff. It's process this, it's test that, it's develop this, it's project manage this, it's business analyst that, et cetera. But during that 10% where, um, you know, where it really, really counts, where we need to be calm, we need to be courageous. I'll talk about humorous in a moment is that that's the 10% of our time when our reputations are made and decided. 
Now, by humorous, I don't mean telling jokes and things. I mean, when you go into a room, is do you add to the energy of that room? Can you be lighthearted when lighthearted makes good sense from a business perspective? Or do you sort of suck the energy out of the room? So by humorous, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it from that perspective. Is it just not taking yourself too seriously, et cetera? And the next two um, really tie together. The first of which is seeing, being seen as an agent of change, defining vision, motivation, being proactive, uh, having a proactive nature of, hey, you know, I'll take on that. I'll help with this. Oh, I see how we can do this and being creative. When you combine that, which is basically being an agent of change inside your company with being effective, in other words, being able to complete the task, how does that come about? By being hardworking, committed, flexible as you need to make adjustments, which ties a little bit back to being humble and open-minded. You know, you're determined to get it done. You're accountable for things and you're responsive to others. Now, if you think about it, let's just talk about the bottom two for a minute. Let's take the top three as being assumed. If you were a senior manager, who would you want working on an important project that's implementing, you know, some type of change, rolling out a new system, modifying a major process, et cetera, bringing in a new software methodology? Would you want someone who was seen as an agent of change and has a very strong track record of getting things done? So the combination of all of these, but most particularly the bottom two, these are the people that get what's technically known as the really cool projects. So from here now, let's move to level two. Level two is a technical leader, uh, most often referred to as a tech lead, you know, something along that line. So let's define it specifically. This is someone, they could be an individual contributor and just being, being seen in that higher role, or they could be specifically designated as a technical supervisor organizationally. But they're true subject matter, uh, subject matter experts in their technical area. And what they're doing is, and this is where the leadership stuff starts to come in a little bit, <clears throat> they're providing guidance mentoring on how to do different technical tasks, et cetera, and even potentially giving work direction or the beginnings of delegation to those who they're technically leading. The primary challenges for people at this role, and boy, that first one is a biggie. And what that is, is uh, balancing leadership and, in, and your individual contributor uh, responsibilities. You'll see this is also true in a first line manager's role. But now that you have a little bit of both, what do they say if you've been assigned 50% to two different tasks, then what do you really have? It's not half-time, half-time, it's two full-time jobs. So here, this is such an important thing from a time management perspective, because if you spend too much time on the technical, then your team starts to feel uh, feel ignored. If you spend too much time managing your team and wanting to do the good things for those that you're leading, then what happens is you start missing deadlines and your work starts being in reduced quality because you're not spending enough time on it. So this is that balancing act that tech leaders, as well as in level three, IT managers really have to be able to work through. But also, in, as a tech lead, you're continuing to develop your technical skills um, and, again, developing rudimentary leadership skills now become more important because, as said in the definition, you're starting to lead people. So what do you need, what do tech leads need to learn in order to begin to move toward that next level? Well, first, they have to really begin to, to gel their skills related to delegation, prioritization, mentoring, things along that line. Also, they have to start being recognized as a future IT leader. Uh, in other words, is or IT manager, I should say, so that when people see the work that tech leads are doing, when the opportunity arises, saying, yeah, you know what? Oh, I'll pick on someone in line here. Uh, Amy, I think Amy would be great as uh, to be promoted into that IT manager now that it's open. So this, uh, this is really sort of the definition of level two. But to be successful in that role, and I think you sort of see the format that we're going with each of these, is there's two slides in each. Uh, but anyway, the non-technical skills, certainly the technical skills, which you need to be expanding, um, certainly what they do is, um, uh, is that they have to expand whatever it is, uh, enhance database capability, datacom, cybersecurity, whatever it is. As a tech lead, you're continuing to grow technically. Because that's in so many different areas, what I'm concentrating on here is really the leadership soft skill communication things related to that part of the job. But anyway, your management skills is shown, you know, delegation, mentoring others. And on the top line here, the top bullet point, difficult conversations, conflict resolution and giving feedback or providing feedback. That's so, so important. And you know what? 
It's the part of the job that regardless of your organizational level, most people don't like. I would even go as far as to say many, many people feel really uncomfortable doing it regardless of their level of, uh, of organization. Um, now, productivity skills, time management and prioritization. We already talked about time management from one perspective, but now not only it's, uh, it's time management, but the prioritization piece is what do you work on? What do you delegate to each? You know, you have five tasks you can delegate. What's the prioritization by which they should be delegated to, or you should be working on them themselves? You know, one thing we can say about everybody in IT is everybody's really busy. So as a result, what are those things that you can do that you can be working on that you can, well, prioritize that will truly provide the greatest value to your internal clients? And use the word client really loosely. It's whoever uses the output of your work. Is that if you're doing work directly for, say, an external for, for external customers or clients, then they're your client. For example, I'll go back to the DBA example. If you're a DBA, then who are your clients? They're the programmers, the testers, the, um, uh, the system administrators, et cetera. But also you're beginning to learn to be successful in this role is your leadership skills. Um, I see as sort of the tip of the spear on all leadership and interpersonal communication is emotional intelligence listed here. And interpersonal communication, certainly that would be oral and speaking with people, but it may also be written depending on your role. And also uh, leading by example. In fact, uh, that is um, my favorite quote from Steve Jobs. That quote of his is, is that leaders lead by example, whether they want to or not. It's the equivalent as a parent, you never want to be in the position to say, don't do what I do, do what I tell you, is, is that this is so key in being a leader, regardless of your profession, regardless of the size of your team. So now from here, let's move to the IT manager role, level three. The definitionally, it's individuals who through, who through training, mentoring and experience have been given the opportunity, and I'll come back to that word in a moment, the opportunity and responsibility to motivate an IT, to lead and motivate an, I, an IT team. The reason I say that it's an opportunity is because we as, say, individual contributors or tech leads or whatnot, we can't make, we don't make the decision ourselves. You know what? Tomorrow I'm going to be an IT manager. I'm going to go in I'm going to take that office over there and all these people, they're going to report to me. It's not something that we can give to ourselves. We can prepare ourselves for it. We can uh, position ourselves for it. But ultimately, it's a decision made by others about us, giving us the opportunity to move into the management ranks with them, you know, them being our peers, our, our bosses above us, et cetera. That's why I always like to refer to it as an opportunity. Now, the primary challenges at this level you know, as mentioned before, balancing your leadership and individual uh, individual contributor responsibilities and the deliverables related to your department in general. Um, learning the IT and business and general management processes. You know, for example, you have never maybe had to uh, have a deeper understanding of uh, of lean. You know, whatever you use in your group. You know, lean IT, waterfall, agile, um, ITIL. Uh, Kanban, whatever it is you, you use internally, you need to get a deeper or a beginnings of an understanding for that, maybe even deeper. You also have to mature your, your, uh, your skills as a, now a professional manager in a management role. And you're not only leading through managerial skill, but, but much more so than, than technical knowledge. The things you need to be uh, that you have to do to be able to move to grow to move into the next level on Netflix level four you'll see momentarily is you need to get a wider understanding of what I like to call the business of IT. So what that is is like everything you know whether you're in sales whether you're in human resources and so on there's the processes that you follow. But in addition to those processes, what you also uh, have to have to really be cognizant of. Um, is that the business of it, that's things like client service. It's understanding what, you know, uh, vendor management. It's all of these kind of things, you know, computer security, um, beyond, you know, organizational design is, is that what technology should you be beginning to select and so on. You know, there's a whole business side of IT that goes beyond the technology itself. What you also need to be uh, um, to move to the next level is you need to really be, you know, IT, understand IT and organizational culture and politics. You know, think about the politics in your organization. 
you know, is it really friendly and nurturing? Uh, is it rather cutthroat? You know, different organizations, it's different ways. And if you're sitting back and going, nah, there's no politics in, uh, in our organization, then what I would say to you is look a little closer. Maybe what your IT, polit- your IT political culture is, is that IT politicking, you know, positioning and things like that is, is, um, is frowned upon uh, as opposed to being looked at as a good thing. And also now it's really, really important. We should also do this even if it's your first day of work. If you're a college intern working at a, at a company, I would even say the same thing up to CIO. And what that is, is you have to start understanding the, non, uh, the non-IT business concepts, processes, and industry trends. So if you're working in financial services, what's going on in the financial services world? If you're working in healthcare, what are the trends related to it? If you're in computer security, I would say, this, well, that's sort of generally across from both perspectives. If you're in manufacturing, you know, pick an industry, whatever you're in, is that what are the trends in those industries? What are the, the what's changing in your client's world? What's changing in your company's world? And what's changing with your company's competitors? is all of this stuff starts to, you have to start being cognizant of this. Because as you'll see, as we move on, is you can't just be a in, in IT these days, regardless of level. And again, you'll see this as we go forward. You can't just be a technical leader or the leader of the technical group. You must be a strong business executive who, by the way, knows how to run a technical organization. That's a very different uh, different mindset that you'll be seeing more as we go forward. But at this level, you know, now what you're going to see here is some things are bolded and some things are not. Uh, The things that are bolded, meaning they're new to this level. The things that are not bolded, like is shown here in the first two bullet points, those are things we saw previously. And we'll see this throughout uh, throughout levels three, four, and five. Now, why is this? Is because as we move from level to level, you know, like just because we, you know, we learned how to do, um, say, the first one here, uh, difficult conversations as a tech lead. We can say, oh, all right, I'm an IT manager. I never have to do difficult conversations again. Not so the case. This is why is that as you go into management uh, and you move up through the ranks, you're continually gaining ad- additional skills. You're continuing to hone the old, hold, uh, hone the older ones, but you're continuing having to grow and learn new things as you move from level to level. That's one of the themes here, and you'll actually see it in a slide that we have at the very end. But anyway, what you need to know, you have to have an understanding now of department-specific and HR processes. So, you know, is that it's delegation, it's all of those things we, we, we talked about before. But what it also is now is the HR processes. So you're going to maybe have to learn how to, well, difficult conversations. But now what's added to that is salary planning, um, giving actually a performance reviews, you know, all that other stuff, the I'll say the managerial side of being an IT manager related to all of those HR processes, hiring, terminations, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff, cross-training, et cetera. But then how are you going to lead if you're in this level? Is through the things that we've done before, but now this is the biggie for you uh, if you're moving into an IT manager's role, and that's technical leadership ability. What I will say to you here, how that can best be summed up, is leading the work is not just doing the work. All right. These are very, very different things. You know, doing it is hands on. You know, you're the one doing it. Now you have to get the work done. Maybe some. Certainly you're still doing personally if you're doing that sort of uh, individual contributor manager role, you know, that balancing act we talked about before. But you have to be able to get work done through other people. So let's say, what does that mean? Let's say I'm promoted into an IT manager role and that I was great at, uh, say, Java. Um, but now what happens is, is, is the manager of development, I also have people reporting to me who are using a different technology. Um, you know, could be uh, .NET, for example, um, you know, anything along that line. So now I have to make promises as an IT manager that that application will be done on some specific date. But because I've never used the .NET architecture because I came from the Java side, it's not like I can say to my .NET developers, all right, everyone, I'm the manager, stand aside, let me do it. Not only couldn't, you couldn't, they'd laugh at you. Uh, and you're probably the least qualified in the room. That happened to me where I was the least qualified person in the room in some of the technologies that I was leading because we all come from somewhere. And wherever we didn't come from are, let me say, they're not strengths for us technologically. 
So there we have to let them do the work, but we have to provide them the environment and the facility and so to speak to be able to do so. But also here, again, your business knowledge now is that if you're supporting human resources group, what do you know about human resources? If you're supporting the finance group, do you know the goals of the CFO for the year ahead? If you're supporting, the, uh, say, marketing and sales, do you know what the marketing and sales plans are? Do you know the, um, like from a, uh, from a sales perspective, the firms they're competing on or the things within, say, the, uh, the CRM system like Salesforce that could be expanded to make their job easier? Remember is, is that as you're an IT manager, you really need to understand your clients now. Again, using that word loosely of whoever uses now the output of your department's work is because your job is to make their life easier. So, um, you know, what they do, people in this role, uh, an IT manager role, certainly the top two that we talked about before, emotional intelligence, interpersonal communication, leading by example, conflict resolution, you know, uh, written communication, team building, goal, goal setting, you know, client service, and so on. But what it also is at this level, now you're in the management ranks, is that navigating manager level company politics. You know, as you go from level to level, the politics, the sort of the level of strategy and, st and such increases. It's certainly like, let's say uh, you're an athlete. When you were in high school, you were the best athlete, whatever your sport was in your high school. So what did you do? You got drafted to college. Guess what? Everybody who got drafted to college was the best in their high school. So then you were really, really good. You know, you raise above that. You're now the best in your college team and you make it into the pros. Well, guess what? Everybody who made it into the pros was was a, a top performer in their college profession, uh, call, you know, college uh, athletics. So as a result, the same thing happens with politics, with your ability to communicate with others, your understanding of the business. It intensifies and grows as you move from level to level. So now let's go to level four, which is director and VP. Now, uh, as we go here, understand that organizations are structured differently. You know, you may go from manager to what, what I have as a level five, which is head of a specific silo, say in a smaller firm of the, the PMO or whatever it is. So, you know, we've broken it this way. I'd say adjust, particularly this level and the next one. They may come together. There might be multiple middle levels in here, depending on your specific organization. But definitionally, I like to refer to this as manager of managers. The reason is, is because, you know, IT director, IT senior manager, those, those uh, mean very different things in different places. But anyway, it's a manager, it manages IT managers, potentially with diverse IT functional responsibilities that does not yet have the responsibility over a full IT function. So in other words, you are the director of testing, but you're not the head of testing. Uh, you're the director of application development, but you're not yet, um, but you're not yet head of AppDev uh, across the board. You're in charge of a section of communication or the cloud, but again, not running the cloud or datacom area. This, that person you most likely report to or report through to. Now, at this level, what are the primary challenges for people who are in sort of this, they're above IT manager, but they're below running a function, is they have to navigate politics within both IT and the business. Why? Because they're in a fairly senior level now as a director. You're, maybe you're in charge of the human resource systems, but not in charge of all systems. So now you're working closely with the, uh, the chief human resource officer or the head of training or the, the CFO or whoever that might be. Um, also, your challenges include prioritization, but now resource allocation, which ties to prioritization, if you think about it from that perspective, you know, you'll have workforce challenges, you know, uh, who to hire, where to put, you know, where to put them in these days of hybrid, can they work at home, do they have to come into the office, how do you manage all of that stuff, you know, it's getting more and more complicated, it's even the months go by right now. And just operational issues related to the task that your group is performing. Also now, but becomes more of that mind switch. Remember at level three as IT manager, you needed to be able to under, begin to understand the business that you're working with uh, or supporting, I should say. Here, you have to start thinking business first and technology second. In other words, we should, what's the business reason? And you might say, well, I work in the data center. What's the business reason for replacing, replacing the routers? Well, the business reason for replacing the routers is faster connectivity. And if they're going out of service, minimizing organizational risk by putting in 
uh, you know, newer, faster, easily, more easily to maintain equipment. So no matter what decision you're going to make uh, regarding no matter how technical it seems, it does have a business reason behind it. And then next here is the things that the IT directors or VPs need to move to the next level. First of all is operational excellence. If your team is running really, really well, uh, really smoothly and so on, then it's more likely that you'll be that you'll be promoted than if your organization is a little more like like a train wreck. Systems are going down, no one knows what they're working on, etc. It's like you know um, who gets promoted to to be at the bigger orchestra leader, the one whose orchestra sounds really beautiful and all of the uh, uh, and everything is in tune, um, or one that sounds a little bit more like your uh, you know your fifth grade uh, uh, your fifth grade um, concert that you would have when you were in middle school. Uh, let me see, is that a couple of questions came up. Uh, one of them is, um, what would you say is the biggest difference between uh, between being in an IT director or VP position? Uh, what expectations and attributes should you consider? Um, the Let me describe it from two perspectives. In some, you know, the, the titles are difficult because let me say, I'm going to assume you're saying this, if you have both directors and VPs, is that you're you're in a uh, you're in a large company. So I'm going to answer this from a large company perspective. Is the big difference in being a director and being a VP in this role is really your um, your level of communication um, in regard to speaking with folks. In fact, to be honest, I've coached a number of people that were in directors' roles. Some of them were in IT, some of them were in the business side. And what happens is when you're in a director role, you still have a pretty tight understanding and you tend to talk about things from a very, I'm going to say, technical perspective. But that technical perspective, you know, could be accounting, it could be fine, uh, it could be IT or whatever. But you're very much, you know, like in the weeds, so to speak. At a VP level, you really need to be thinking not only more strategically, but you need to be communicating with other VPs at a strategic level. So the biggest difference I see between those two um, in growing from one to the other within this um, is really your ability to summarize, strategize, and communicate to both higher and middle level people. Great question. Uh, let me see. Uh, how do you develop the mental strength uh, and stability when dealing with difficult situations um, and getting work done at the same time? Let me answer that one quick and then we'll move forward. Um, what I would say for that, and I was like this, is difficult conversations, conflict in the workplace was very, very difficult for me. The reason is, is that uh, I'm an only kid. So I didn't have all that practice as a kid of, you know, arguing with my brothers and sisters. So I got into the workplace and it's like, ah, what do you mean, you know, that I have to have a difficult conversation with an employee? Or what do you mean, you know, you, you don't like how this is going? The best answer for that worked for me and others, I think for everyone, is learn process. So that's sort of beyond the scope of today's. But I would say is if difficult conversations and so on is important to you, um, then what I would say is, is that gain, learn the processes to do it. You probably, particularly if you're a large firm, have an internal class that would discuss it. Another question came in. I am the VP at a smaller, uh, smaller company responsible for the entire, uh, for the entire IT. So what I would say to you is if you're entire, if you're responsible for all of IT, then, then, um, what I would say is where is level four and five are important to you. Let's think about it a little bit. When you get to six, you're just running your, it's your gig, so to speak, but there's differences in the, I'll say the CIO or the running the IT shop level than these here, you would have gone through these. Um, even if it was just going in many cases from manager, if you're in like a 30, 40 person IT shop, you often go from manager directly to being the CIO or even smaller, it's the sort of the same chain. But great questions. Thank you so much. Is that, uh, anyway, so from here now, if you're at this level, the level four, whoops, there we go. So what do you need to know? Um, yeah, you need to know the business processes and, you know, the HR processes that we talked about and client needs. But what you also need to do is you have to have technical and business trends related to their responsibilities. So in other words, is that if you're in charge of the human resource systems, for example, or the finance systems, you know, as a mid-level exec, so to speak, is that you don't, you really have to understand it from the business side. Uh, that allows you to be proactive. For example, is, is that you, if, if you're, say, uh, pick on human resources systems, if you've implemented Workday, 
Uh, what I would suggest to you is that you also go to a conference for the Oracle Human Resource Systems or for UKG, which was the combination of uh, Kronos and uh, United Training. No, United Systems, whatever it is, but it's UKG now. I know that one side of it came from uh, uh, from Kronos. Is go to one of their conferences. You may say, why would I go there? Well, maybe they're doing some things that would be great for you to think about, either for enhancements or for just a different way of thinking about the implementation of systems. It moves you toward being, and you'll see this term again, a thought leader in your space. Um, next is how do you lead? Well, you lead through, you know, all the things that we talked about previously, but now you're a manager of managers. So as a result of that, you're not, you know, you're, I actually always found this easier than managing uh, individual contributors because managers sort of get it. So now the way that you get things implemented is by managing through your team to the individual contributors who are doing the work. Managing managers is a different role than managing individual contributors. They're certainly relatable, uh, but they're very different, again, in the level of person you're working with and their understanding of what it takes to run a team. Um, and next is, um, what do they do? Well, they do the same kind of things that were we, we listed in the first one, conflict resolution, client service, team building, et cetera. But at this level now, what you're doing is you probably have cost center management responsibility. So if you've never done budgeting before and now you have a budget, learn how it works. Make you a finance person, your best friend, all right, because is that your budget will either make it easier for you to get the things that, you know, your goals that are defined for you the, over the years or handcuff you and make it very, very difficult for you to be able to get things done because you don't have the money in the budget to hire the consultants, buy the software, provide the training and all those other things that really money within your department to spend provides. Also, VP level politics are different than manager level politics. Uh, back to the question that came in, this is a huge one, is, you know, manager level politics uh, is a, or even director level. Certainly they're there as they go up a level to VP level. Well, then it gets even more, um, more expansive and you have to look at it from a different perspective. But now you're also in charge of enhancing the organizational culture for your group. Moving to level five, these are seasoned IT managers who think business first and technology second and are responsible for a key organizational silo. So they may be the head of the PMO, they may be the head of uh, op devs or IT infrastructure or just some other something else at that level or in a big company that has multiple divisions. Also, what I like to put here is divisional CIO. So you're the CIO of a part of the company, but not the company overall. Here is, is that the primary challenges are operational excellence. If you're running the PMO, then you better have really, really good uh, project managers and have your agile or waterfall or ITIL processes really defined and the ability to roll it out. If you're in, uh, if you're the head of uh, uh, DevOps, or actually now as it's referred to as DevSecOps, putting the security piece in the middle, then you better make sure that software is being developed, it's secure, and it's clearly rolling into production. Whatever your area is, is because now with that area, good, bad, or indifferent, you are the leader of that band, and how you'll be judged is certainly on your ability to work with other executives and all that, but how well is your work, is your function working, given the amount of resources and its specific role in the organization? You also now have to start dealing with cross IT solo um, uh, organizational politics. So in other words, is if you're in charge of data management, and let's say that's a separate group from the, um, the, app, the, uh, the app dev group. So if you're in charge of the data, uh, how does that relate to the application development groups that think they're in charge of the data? You know, I mean, all of these type of things, how do you deal with these other groups? Because presumably now you're reporting to the CIO, so you're part of a higher level team and have to think truly IT cross-functionally. Now, what do you need to grow if you're at this level, say head of the PMO or whatnot to move up? First, you need to continually enhance your understanding of the business of IT. Because remember, you're beginning to prepare for ultimately would be next a CIO role. You have to be seen as a thought leader inside your area. You know, being, say, you're the, the PMO, head of the project management office, you have to be thinking, gee, what, you know, how can we in, uh, integrate lean in? You know, uh, or, you know, you already say an ITIL shop. 
What are the components of lean or Kanban or agile, you know, that make sense? Or in a bigger shops, you're probably using waterfall and agile. How do you blend those together in a way to make sure that, that projects that include both are smoothly run? You know, you are the thought leader in that particular technical area. Uh, you have to have the ability to relate, understand, and work with non-IT executives because, you know, at this level, you'll be uh, not only on IT, uh, on IT level uh, organizational processes, but you'll be moving across the organization. And then I'm going to go to the, la uh, to the last two bullet points here. You have to differentiate yourself from your peers because if there's five very, very capable people and the CIO retires, only one of the five of you are going to get it. So how do you differentiate yourself from the pack, so to speak? Because when you roll into an IT, uh, into a CIO role, there are many firsts that you'll have that you don't experience in any of the other levels. What those firsts are, you'll see a couple of slides down. So to be uh, basically to be successful in this sort of functional head ahead of a group role is you have to have an understanding of your areas of organization uh, that your organization supports, like before. You have to be very attuned to the technical and business trends related to your organization. But, hi, you, but now you also have to have a deep strategic and operational knowledge of your IT functional area. If you're in charge of DevSecOps, then you better understand not only what's going on in your company, but what's going on industry-wide within your industry, what's being used, best practices are used in other industries that could make sense. If you're in healthcare, very regulated industry, might be worthwhile, you're looking to see what's going in in financial services, which is also a very heavily regulated industry. You know, you're uh, basically here to be successful is you are the thought, the mind, the direction of this particular function. How do you lead? Well, you lead through the things we've always led at, but now industry activism. I would say if you're at this level or even at the director VP level, I would look into organizations such as SIM, the Society for Information Management, and others. The reason is, is because this industry activism not only gives you contacts, you know, in your, your industry or in your particular job role industry-wide, but what it also does is you can learn from osmosis from your business peers. But also here, you're leading through thought leadership, again, thinking truly at this level, business first and technology second. And then what do you have to do to basically prepare yourself for the level up and these firsts we'll talk about in the next slide is now all of a sudden public speaking. It may be at, at industry conferences. It may be to now your organization that you're doing presentations to uh, either to the C-suite uh, or to you know the, the sizable organization that you are now managing. Vendor management and negotiating those vendor contracts, vying for resources with other parts of IT to, to get the things that you need to be able to get your job done, back to the, um, the cost center management piece of it. But also now here is, is this, this whole other level of thinking. You're thinking strategically, you're thinking uh, strategic planning, and now digital transformation and digital strategy. Again, we should be thinking of those at lower levels in the organization also, but doubly important here. Why is that? Because those firsts that I mentioned, as you roll into a CIO role, is the definition of it is, it's your gig. You know, everybody, everybody in IT basically reports to you. But there are many, many firsts. And so it can be rather jarring when you move into a CIO role. The reason is, is because the first time in your career, if you've always been sort of in that IT track, um, is you're, you're reporting now not to an IT executive, but you're reporting to a business executive. So you can't go in and say, yeah, I'm really uh, thinking of this cloud strategy stuff. And your, your manager above you would say, yeah, cloud strategy. I was just at a SIM conference where we talked about it. Now they're going to look at you and say, ah, what's a cloud strategy? You know, you have to be able to speak to your management in a true non-technical business oriented way, because that's the only way your boss would understand it. Again, not being from the technical, uh, the technical bend. They came from marketing. They came from sales. They're their true experts, but not in the area you're running. Another first is your peers are no longer IT professionals. They're business people. It's the, if you're now in is CIO, if you're in the C-suite, who are your peers? The head of sales and marketing and manufacturing, engineering, human resources, finance, et cetera. Um, you're truly driving the IT vision to the organization. It's not coming from your boss. So you're not the implementer now, 
Um, you're certainly involved in the implementation and making sure your team has the resources, the organizational structure, the people, the money, et cetera, but you're driving the vision. The next is you're included in fully cross-functional business meetings with other senior executives. Remember, you're part of two teams. There's your team, which is all of the business, and that there's your manager's team, either the COO or the CEO, and who are there, you know, who works for them, people outside of IT. You're part of that team also. Um, and next is, is that this is really interesting. You know, all of your business peers now have input into your performance review. You know, when I was an individual contributor, I couldn't wait to be a manager. Why? Because my manager made all the decisions. So I became an IT manager. And guess what? I still had a boss. I had a little bit more latitude of delegating this to this person versus that person, et cetera. But basically, I still had a boss. I still had to get permission for things and so on. So guess what? I couldn't wait to be an IT director. Why? Because it was the IT director that made all the decisions for, you know, the IT managers. So I became an IT director. And guess what? I still had a boss. I had a little bit more latitude of things. My budget was bigger. You know, the percentage of things was still about the same. But I still had a boss to report to. Then what happened was, is that I became the head of IT. You know, I was the CIO and thought, my gig, I make all the decisions. Well, guess what? Not only do I still have a boss, but, you know, I mean, I had a certain amount of more latitude, et cetera, but I still had a boss for anything big that I needed to ask permission of. But now, what's the role of IT in the organization? It's to provide technology support throughout the organization, to finance, to human resources, to manufacturing, to engineering, to everybody else. So as a result, guess what? I didn't have one boss anymore. I had like half a dozen bosses, all of which now have input into my performance review. Why? Because let, let's take, for example, finance. What's my role in IT is the CIO. Among other things, it's to provide proper technology to the finance organization. So therefore, does it make sense for the CFO to also have input into my performance review? Sure it does. And I could say the same for every other business silo across, in, no matter what industry that you're in. So in effect, if you do all of these things well, then what you'll be able to do, hopefully, not in all firms, uh, but you'll be able to get a seat at the business strategy table. In other words, you won't just be viewed as the IT implementer. You'll be part of the C-suite that's including decisions related to not only technology, but across the business, you know, whatever the business uh, implementation is or whatever the business model is, I should say, that you're involved with. So then, you know, the big question then to say here is, all right, all of this is fine and good. Um, but how can training assist in moving your capabilities from level one to level two to level three, et cetera? What I suggest, and this would be different for every firm, but you look at it from this kind of perspective. In other words, as an individual contributor, you take this type of training. At a level two, as a tech leader, then there's more things you need to learn based on all the stuff we talked about, what's in each one. And again, modified based on your company's size, industry, the, the, you know, et cetera is that, you know, what do you need at level three? What, you know, the things that you should be taking at level three are the things that not only can help enhance your ability there, but position you for level four, five, and six. There are, now, what this does for you, this diagram, if you look at it more closely, is it provides sort of just-in-time training. Hey, you have an individual contributor who's great. What skills do you really need to give them to let them be successful when they move into a tech, leader's, a tech lead job, et cetera, up the list? What it also does is it provides, um, it incorporates training into the, the management career track that we've been talking about through this process. It also reinforces the importance of IT-based leadership skills. Notice a lot of the things we talk about is sort of general management stuff too, but a lot of them are tied specifically toward learning the business of IT, you know, because it's different than the business of finance or the business of HR, for example. So it helps sort of ingrains and facilitates this, um, this importance of IT-specific leadership. Next is it facilitates the use of common vocabulary. So someone who's gone up through the ranks, you know, took training one, then training two, and let's say they're just a training three. Well, when their people, their individual contributors as a IT manager level go through the individual contributor stuff, they would have already seen it. They would have known what classes they've taken and could help mentor them on it. And the same, you know, words, so to speak, could be used. 
And at the end of the day, which is why this one is bolded, is why do you want to do all this anyway? What is the nature of the IT function and the IT leadership you know, uh, process? It's basically, it's to enhance IT's business value and business and agility to the organization that it serves. So if you're an individual contributor, look at this as, hey, you know, what are the things that I need to learn at each level to facilitate and prepare myself or position myself to be able to move up to the next level? If you're in a CIO type role, then what I would say to you is you should be thinking, hey, how are you going to build your management bench strength so you'll have people that can move up through the levels? So you would be looking at this sort of from the top down, what should be in levels one, two, three, four, five, and six. For those here, and I know we have a number of training people as well as human resource people on this one also, is I would say the same to you. How do you structure uh, a training program that facilitates this smooth movement from level to level? With all that said, is that enhancing your IT management ability, it's neither an event nor a destination. Like today was an event. All right. Or you take, a, you know, actually the classes I'll be talking about in the next slide. That's an event. All right. Uh, and you can say, well, I took the class. I'm good. Or it's not a destination. It's I'm all set as an IT leader. I know everything I need to know. It's neither of those is what IT leadership is and, and continuing to grow is it's a journey of career long learning, practice and experience. I was in IT management for, I don't know, 25 plus years, a little more than that, I hate to admit, or love to admit, I should say. And then for the last dozen years, I've been doing this, teaching it. And a day doesn't go by where I don't learn something new or look from something from a different perspective related to leaving an IT team. So moving forward. I'd like to say for those that this is your first first webinar with me, we do these monthly. In fact, many of the people who signed up for this one, I also saw signed up for next month. So I hope that you'll join us. But next month's, which is on May 13th, is uh, seven influence techniques to enhance IT leadership effectiveness. Um, also, if you want to participate, I mentioned this earlier, to the resource, research that goes into this is what I would say is go to our website, uh, itmlinstitute.org, and just click on the research uh, the research button. It'll take you maybe 10 minutes to go through uh, and add your thoughts to our ongoing, leadership, uh, our ongoing research on this topic. We're also, I'm very, very proud to say, the governing body for two, um, uh, two certifications in IT management. The first one is this, the second is this, just so you'll know what's coming. Let me go back to this one for a moment. The ITMLP is for soon-to-be IT managers, up to, generally speaking, three or four years of IT management experience. Um, and also, the way I would say to divide between the two is between this one and the executive. The executive is really mentioned for managers of managers. Uh, like someone mentioned in chat, you know, that you're a VP of a smaller IT organization um, where you're actually responsible for the entire IT shop. Probably the ITMLE, or for those in larger companies, the ITML, if you're a manager of managers, or if you're just a well-seasoned IT manager, and you're hoping to position yourself to move up a level. At the end of the day, the one that would be best for you is look at the topics that are in it, and the, top, the set of topics that resonates most with you to learn would be the one that I suggest moving toward. So with all that said, what I'd like to do is I'd like to thank you for spending, I guess that's 52 minutes of your time with me. I hope that this has been a value to you. Um, thank you so much for joining, it, joining me, and it's been a pleasure to have you, and I hope you can join us next time. Thank you.